G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. There is a powerful new documentary that features interviews with students on university campuses to to have them explain in their own words whether they were taught about the evidence for creation and how this impacted them. And there's a clear pattern that emerged. Those who were equipped to defend a biblical creation remained faithful, while those who did not abandoned the church. I wonder if this might be your experience or you've seen this happen uh, in the young people that you are surrounded by. Well, this new DVD is meant to be given away and uh, it's inexpensive and uh, you can get a hold of it and we'll tell you how to uh, through this coming hour. makes a great evangelistic tool as well. But to talk about it, Dr. Don Batten, who is the CEO at Creation Ministries International, is joining us. Hello, Don Batten. Welcome back to 2020. Hello, Neil. It's great to be back. I must say, as we get things underway, Don, Happy birthday for Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, they, they say birthdays are good for you. The more you have, the longer you live. That's right. It's funny that, isn't it? <laughs> well, it's exciting and, uh, you know, congratulations, another milestone passed. And mm-hmm. I won't even give away your age. You know, uh, you're looking pretty good for 37, I think. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Don, a serious conversation today, although well, let's not get so serious that uh, that somehow or other it becomes, uh, you know, the sort of problem that looks like it's insurmountable because... It appears to me when we start to talk about young people, uh, there are some dreadful things that are happening in schools and universities around Australia uh, that are drawing young people away from their Christian faith. Uh, In times past, we might have reflected that uh, while young people may drift away in their teenage years, they may soon drift back in. That, though, is not necessarily the case These days, oftentimes people drifting away and staying drifted away. When it comes to this issue of evolution, creation, uh, what kids are taught as they're growing up through school and into their teenage years, this is a powerful thing for people to to try and grapple with. And uh, this is something that's been on your heart of recent times. Uh, Indeed. In fact, it's it's why I'm involved in this ministry, because in my own life, it was a a factor in... uh, uh, you know, basically making me doubt, making me really unsure of my faith. I mean, I know G- knew Jesus as my Lord and Savior, so there's a real relationship there. But these intellectual questions gnaw at you, and uh, they undermine your confidence in what you believe, and certainly your confidence in sharing it with others. And uh, and so a lot of the time, our youth programs are oriented towards entertainment. If we entertain the kids, we'll hold them. You know, but. Uh, studies have shown, and Nancy Pearcey is one of the a great apologists outside uh, our organisation in the United States, and uh, and she commented on this. She said, studies show the main reason people abandon their Christian upbringing is unanswered intellectual questions. Uh, the researchers were surprised. They expected to hear stories of relationship issues, people saying they'd been hurt or emotionally wounded, but the reason given most often by those who deconvert is that they could not get answers to their doubts and questions. 
Well, it raises a lot of questions, and listeners might like to participate in this conversation. It's an important conversation, so opening our talkback lines on 1-800-316-316, 1-800-316-316. Sometimes we talk about churches and the idea of dumbing down yeah. uh, the intellectual questions, and so we ought not to be afraid to address this today because intellectual questions are really a significant part of what does help us to reasonably hold to our faith. Uh, there's lots of ways that people actually hold to their faith, but, but this whole idea of an intellectual understanding, it's, uh, it's got foundations, Don. Well, it doesn't matter where you're at intellectually. Um, there are questions. You know, why is there death and suffering in the world if God is good? Uh, you know, how how does Jesus dying on a cross save us from our sins? I mean, uh, there's all sorts of questions, and uh, and how does all this supposed science, so called, that we get hit with all the time, that tells us that there was a big bang billions of years ago where nothing exploded with no cause whatsoever? There's no need for God. We're all a cosmic accident, and this is just hammered at us all the time, all the time, all the time. And people think, well, how does that fit with the Bible? Uh, and then they start to think, oh, maybe it's just some sort of story, you know, that, that you know we can make of it what we like, you know. And you hear people say that, oh, you can make the Bible say whatever you like. Well, that comes from that sort of thinking. So, so young people are asking questions, and um, so they, if they don't get the questions answered, uh, you know, they, they, and of course, the big thing here is uh, you've got to make sure that uh, that young people are converted. Uh, you know, that I'd say to people, you can put a horse in a dairy, it doesn't make a cow. You know, the fact that someone's coming to church doesn't mean they're a Christian. And so we've got to make sure that there's a conversion experience. People actually come to faith in Christ. They're not just going along for the ride with all their friends. And so that's a very important thing to make sure that we that we address that. So, um, but answer the questions. And you know, there's a survey done in uh, Western Sydney schools uh, in religious instruction. So they asked the kids in year 10, around about year 10, uh, what are the big questions you'd have it, like to have answers to? And the four big questions were all related to those things. How do we know God exists? Why is it death and suffering in the world if God is good? And, uh, the, and the, the, the third one is how can a good God send people to hell? And the fourth one was doesn't evolution disprove the Bible or do away with God? So there's a there are ten like year ten kids in school. Mm. They're the same questions that adults have, you know. And here we are, basically just entertaining kids rather than addressing the big questions. Okay, well we might come to some of those questions through the hour, but I don't want to preempt what listeners might uh, call in and talk about. And you might have a burning question. You might have a way to frame any of those sorts of questions that Don is talking about in a way that that you're saying, well, you know, I've grappled with this for a long time. I'd like to hear an answer. So one 316 And uh, say for the first three callers that call through, we'll, we'll uh, have a, a copy of this new Fallout DVD in the mail to you today. one 316 Don, you mentioned your own experience. Uh, let's come back to your personal testimony for a moment because uh, it's Dr. Don Batten. Uh, you've got a wonderful uh, history in uh, agricultural science, yep. uh, horticultural science, agricultural science. Uh, take us back to your story because uh, this, uh, I, as I recall from a past conversation, has some uh, some real bearing on this uh, topic we're talking about today. Yeah, sure. So when I was uh, in high school, and interestingly, it wasn't until 1962, around the mid-60s, early 60s, that 
the Australian schools actually changed what they taught from being Christian to being secular. You know, just get rid of God. And a key component of that was the teaching of evolution in science classes. And so I was the second year of that new system coming through the schools. And so suddenly all the kids were being taught evolution and stuff. And, and then we were, and 80% of people were connected with church at that time, the 1960s. 80% of kids actually went to Sunday school, were connected with the church. And uh, so we ask our ministers, you know, what about the stuff we're talking about? Oh, well, you know, um, they didn't know, didn't have a clue. Well, I don't blame them. They, did, they was caught, caught off guard. But then they had, oh, well, you know, the gap there between the first couple of verses of Genesis, you shove all the millions of years into the gap, let's talk about Jesus. And, they, and the gap didn't solve anything. And anybody went to university knew that it didn't solve anything. And then there were other people who said, oh, look, the days could be long periods of time. You know, you, you fit all the millions of years in that way. And so all these different views. And then somebody said, well, you know, you've got to just believe the Bible. You know, you're a Christian. I said, well, that's very pious but not very helpful. <laughs> mm. And so no answers. And so I just didn't think. I tried not to think about it. Uh, but it gnaws away at you because you just don't know what the answers are. And while you might have an upbringing in church... And you might expect that a family culture might be strong enough to keep you in church. This intellectual doubt, this intellectual challenge, as you say, gnaws away at young people. And if they don't find good answers to their questions, they may well decide that that's not where I want to be. Exactly. And that's what happens. And so they... They just uh, they, they get off, and of course at university there's lots of temptations, you know, to to get out there and party and have a good time and sleep around and so on. And their bring upbringing get in, gets in the way of that and their conscience. And so the evolutionary story enables them to get rid of God and to appease their conscience and to go away to leave, and uh, and it just happens. In fact, the Southern Baptist United States say eighty eight percent of young people brought up in evangelical homes, as good Christian homes, will walk away. Never to return. Okay, it's a sobering thought uh, to uh, understand that. Now, what in Australia is, in your mind, uh, the most important time? We think about primary school, secondary school, university. Uh, in previous conversations on this program, people will know we've talked about universities and uh, and uh, come to conclusions that university. Uh, lecturers, professors, uh, they tend to have a very left-wing and pro-evolutionary attitude uh, to uh, to life. And so truth uh, becomes muddied as you've been raised as a Christian uh, because people who are supposedly intellectual giants uh, don't hold to that truth. They have a scientific worldview. Uh, reflect on uh, primary, secondary, and university level. They're all important. In fact, the education system is uh, getting this indoctrination happening younger and younger and younger, because they realise that if young, if children are actually taught the other view and taught it well, they'll be resistant to accepting the evolutionary secular view uh, as they go through the education system. So the education system itself is bringing this into younger and younger children. So it's very important that parents be proactive about this from the youngest age, teaching their children the truth about where we came from. And by the way, you say about the left-wing stuff, you know, every communist country in the world has force-fed its people evolution. And we've been force-feeding our people in Australia evolution for generations since the 1960s. And what do we see? A, A huge loss in a conservative outlook on life. The left-wing view predominates. 
And, uh, you know, while we might speculate and say that uh, perhaps it's parents or grandparents who might be listening to our conversation today, I mean, I'd uh, be excited to hear from some young people listening in uh, and yeah. your most recent reflections on what you're hearing in university and uh, what you're hearing at school. And uh, perhaps school students might be in the classroom right now, but uh, but for those who uh, are in that uh, younger age set, I'd uh, love to hear from you today on 1-800-316-316. We are taking calls. Let's hear from Marie in Maruya in New South Wales. Hello, Marie. Welcome along. Good morning. How are you? Very well, thanks, Marie. What are your thoughts? Well, um, I was ringing to talk to Dom because I have um, we're a family of five children. Um, we're a Christian family. We've always brought our kids up with the truth. Um, always reading the Bible together, praying together, and ever since my third son was little, he has always questioned everything. So he questions. From when he was really young, he said to me, Mum, if there's a heaven, does that mean that there's a hell and people will go there? And we have had the most curliest questions with mm-hmm. my son. And he's now 10 and a half and still questions most nights before bed. We have a question time with him yep. um, because he has so many questions. He just doesn't understand why Jesus had to die. And though we explain it to him, he says, I just don't get it. I don't understand it. And I really, even though... Um, like with him, we work, so we talk to him about how God loves him and he, he, he's happy to answer all your questions and we try to make him feel like, um, do you know, like he's not different from anyone else just because he has questions. Oh, um, sure. We try to in- yeah, in- that's, include that's him as part of the family and say, yeah. you know what, your questions are just really important because God knows that you're a person who likes to ask Excellent. questions. Excellent, yeah. So I'm just wondering if you could help me with maybe a website that I could go to or something that just would, or a book or something that would help me to help him because he's my one who will ask a million questions and he doesn't want to quite believe it until he knows that he knows that he knows it's true. And that's good. The Bible, <laughs> Bible actually tells us to question or test all things and hold yes. what is good. Yes. And when your kids don't ask questions, actually is when you should be worried. Um, so that's good. And uh, if you go to creation.com, for example, we have an enormous amount of material there for children's children's material right through to university-level material and all sorts of things. There's all sorts of resources and children's resources. And and I don't know. You see, you teach the Bible, but we need to teach the Bible in, in, and connect it with the world around us. Mm. And uh, that's what we do with our ministry. And so we're dealing with things like where do dinosaurs fit into the Bible, for example, and kids love dinosaurs. And yeah. so we use dinosaurs and the evidence from the dinosaurs to show the real history of the world actually is recorded in the Bible. And then that then links into the gospel because we understand that death and suffering uh, in the world that we see today came because of sin. So yeah. it becomes a man's rebellion. And that's why Jesus died on the cross because the, the ground was cursed because of sin. And yeah. so Jesus t- takes the curse of death in his body on the cross uh, to, to solve the problem of death for us lost race of Adam. So yeah. that, that the big picture from the Bible will help your son to understand why Jesus had to die on the cross. It's really um, it's really helpful, the creation stuff. Over the years, we've um, subscribed and, and had the magazines come. So that's yeah. been a real blessing. And, and, you know, just put them in the toilet and everyone seems to read them. Yeah, so. it's good throne room reading, yeah. So <laughs> you, you know, your son will, will he, he might not read it cover to cover, but he'll pick up and read the articles which attract his attention and that's what we had in our family. Now, Creation Magazine is coming up for its 40th anniversary, actually. 
Um, started in Adelaide by Dr. Carl Whelan and his uh, doctor's surgery, but 40 years it's coming up for. And we had it in our family. So our youngest uh, one is 30, and uh, three, our three kids have uh, grown up with Creation Magazine. And they would sit down, as you say, and, and they'd just pick and they read an article. They mightn't read it cover to cover. There's a kids section in it, actually, but they'd read the other stuff as well. Um, and they just got uh, you know, confidence that what we believe is true. And uh, one of our sons actually drifted away a bit for a while. And uh, when he came back, he said, really significant, it really blew me away. He said, you know, when I was drifting away, he said, I knew I couldn't stay away because I couldn't turn my back on what I knew was true. Mm. You know, and that's the difference between kids brought up with a solid biblical worldview that deals with the world around us compared with kids who are brought up just with singing songs in church or singing, singing good songs or having a good time in youth group, um, those who've got that solid background, they can't easily walk away. A biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. This is 2020 on Vision Christian Radio. It's Neil with you, our guest this hour, Dr. Don Batten, the CEO at Creation Ministries. We're talking about the exodus of young people from churches as they get older and what can be done about that. Uh, we'll take some calls in just a few moments. Uh, just to follow on from the last caller, Marie, and she mentioned that there are five children, I think she said. Yeah. Uh, one of her children uh, constantly asking question after question after question. I'm sure it's frustrating. Uh, when there's so many questions. But let me just pose some a different alternative uh, twist on that, Don. A lot of parents will say, well, my kids don't ask uh, all those important questions. Uh, what do I do about it? How do I sort of sow the seeds of what questions they ought to be asking? Give us an alternative idea. Well, um, obviously, the uh, it, there is a problem if kids don't ask questions. There's a possibility they think you don't have the answers, so they're not going to ask you. And we, we sometimes get this from pastors. Oh, our people never ask questions about creation evolution. I say, you know why? Because they don't think you've got any answers. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> and it's like they're going through the motions. That's right. Uh, with unanswered questions, in other words, their uh, doubts that uh, remain that will actually be weakening their own faith. That's correct. So they're uh, so drifting along and uh, just uh, going through the motions and sort of hoping that it'll work out. But really they're head in the sand, you know, the old proverbial ostrich you know, put your head in the sand and pretend there's not a problem. And that's what I did for many years, actually, uh, as a student. It wasn't until I was actually doing my postgrad studies at the university that I really came face-to-face -face with these issues and, and, and actually started looking at them. And you find that when you start actually investigating, they're not the big bogeys you think they are. So the resources that you would need as a parent uh, to help your children begin to question yeah, uh, and and uh, I suppose it's actually a good thing to question everything. So if you're questioning uh, science, you're also questioning your own faith. Yeah. Uh, but in the seeking after some answers, you'll come to good ends. Yeah, and there's not answers, not answers to everything, and and some things you just have to put on the shelf and say, well, I don't know the answer to that. One day I will find it. But there's answers to many things that people don't think there are answers to, and and the importance of having things like you know books on good books on dinosaurs from a biblical point of view in the family. I mean, kids love dinosaurs and they read the books and uh, they will, uh, questions will rise out of those things and then you can can start to answer those questions. But, you know, get the kids thinking about their faith. But also the other thing is getting them active in their faith. In other words, sharing their faith with their friends and things like that. And the friends will ask the questions. 
You know, it, it's it's inactive Christians who have no questions. Mm, interesting. And uh, you might have your own perspective on that. one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. Let's take uh, some more calls. Lindy is in Parks in New South Wales. Hello, Lindy. Welcome along. Hello, it's Lindy speaking. Lindy, what are your thoughts? Lindy, uh, sorry, I just had a um, a thought for the lady that just rang about her ten and a half year old son asking questions. Yep. Um, I teach a scripture class here in Parks, Year Five, Year Six, and there, I God bless uh, you. That's wonderful. Have a question box, and I try to honour their questions. Sometimes I have to say to them, I actually don't know. I'm very truthful with them. I don't like to pretend. No, good. And I just say. I'm on a journey, and when I first became a Christian, um, I didn't understand much, but I've learnt more as I go, and God reveals more to me. And sometimes I have to say to them, I may not know until I actually see God in heaven. Yeah, um, and, and the kids honour the fact that I'm truthful, that I'm saying I don't know, but I'm providing a, a bit of an answer. That's good. Um, um, and as their yeah. journey goes along, God will reveal it to them if they keep seeking God. So that might help the lady who was speaking about her son. Sure, that's, that, that's always something we must keep in mind. We don't know everything. We're not God. And to admit we don't know when we don't know. But there are questions that come up that we might not know the answer off the top of our head. But we can say to the kids, look, I don't know the answer to that, but I'll see if I can find out. Uh, and then come back the next okay. week or the week after, uh, having done the research, and then come back and, and see if you've got an answer. And you might well then say, I, don't, I couldn't find an answer. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, but, but the important thing is to treat their questions with respect. Yes. Uh, you know, some of the atheist testimonies I've read, you know, they've said, oh, they, they asked their pastor when they were brought up in the church, asked their pastor about, oh, that's not important, Sonny. Yeah. That's not important. You know, that's the worst possible thing we can do is yeah. put them down for asking the question or you don't ask questions like that. Yeah. Now, I usually use a couple of friends who are pastors or ministers or teaching youth groups and I will try that avenue first. Yeah. If I still can't find that I'm going to actually answer what they're asking. The next thing is I try to keep my integrity of my relationship with them being truthful. Yeah, that's excellent. Um, and then they're happy to keep asking questions. And I, I don't always say I don't know, but sometimes I have to say God's revealing it to me as I go. I may find out in 10 minutes or, you know, 10 hours or 10 years. Yeah. Lindy and from Parks, thank you so much for your input today here on 2020. Our talkback line open on one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. You might have a question, you might have a comment about the discussion that we are having today. Dr. Don Batten, the CEO at Creation Ministries International, is our guest. We are talking about the exodus of young people from churches as they get older. Uh, interesting uh, point that comes out from Lindy's contribution today, and uh, I'm interested in your response to this, Don, because Lindy says, I've got a couple of pastors, and uh, if I've got something that I can't answer, I go to them and I ask them. Now, it's interesting because uh, Creation Ministries has wonderful resources, and we say to people, go to the website, uh, find one of your 10,000 articles uh, to be able to get some detail on these things. But isn't it actually a real benefit to, if you get a question from a child, you're saying, I need an answer, go and ask someone in authority or ask someone who's interested because doesn't that sort of uh, get momentum happening with people asking the questions and getting the answers? And, and, indeed so. And um, it might even stimulate the pastor to do a bit of work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and you hope that you don't just get a, a pat or a, a sort of a super simple answer. Yeah. Uh, and I, suspo I suppose when we talk about uh, you know, intellectual, intellectual blockages, 
Uh, it can't always be a simple answer. Sometimes it's got to be scientifically well-founded, an answer that will stand up uh, in any uh, discussion about these sorts of ins- uh, issues. Yeah, and uh, and also philosophically sound. And it, But this is where specialist ministries come into play to help people with these things. Uh, Don, uh, just come back to this DVD and you want to get it into the hands of youth leaders, yeah. youth pastors. Yeah. I mean, they're the ideal people, I imagine, because they're the ones who are perhaps most influential in their local church. Well, they're, they're the ones determining the teaching program, assuming there is a teaching program yeah. in the youth work. <laughs> uh, they're the ones determining the teaching program. So the youth pastors, the elders, the pastors of the church, because the whole church needs it too. The parents need to know about this stuff as well. So it's not just the kids. But uh, So it's designed to give away. So that's why we, we're providing 10 for $15. Uh, and because uh, you can't put ten on the shelf, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you could, but you're not supposed to. You're not you supposed to. You want to get those give, out into give people's them hands. Away, give them away. Give them away. That's the whole point. Yeah. And I imagine uh, check with your senior pastor first, but you could turn up with your ten DVDs, uh, church on Sunday, and and you could give them to the relevant opinion makers who are in church life. And exactly. uh, these are the people who are likely to be uh, the ones who can be influential in in making sure that this message about uh, about creation uh, is uh, is heard by young people. Indeed so, yes, absolutely. Uh, we are taking calls, and if you might have a question uh, with regard to the sorts of things we're talking about or a comment, uh, you're welcome to call us on 1-800-316-316. Let's take a call from Juliana in Eden's Landing in, Eden's Landing in Queensland. Hello, Juliana. Welcome along. Well, good morning. Um, I've got two little statements, actually, with the... Um um, children, I've got grandchildren, and, and the first thing I um, talk to them about is Noah's Ark. Yeah, I mean, this is just like a, such a, a, a grand opening of the Ark. When the children, you tell them this story, and you you can buy, um, you know, um, there's there's a Noah's Ark game preschool fun which you get at Karong, and um, you know, also I picked even up at Woolworths Noah's Ark. Um, toy with all the animals on the roof. I mean, you know, and you press it and it goes beep, beep. You know, these, this is when you educate your children at, what, three and four years old. Yeah. You've you, you got to be a little bit careful about some of the things that come from the secular world about Noah's Ark because they sort of portray it as being a bit a bit, uh, a bit, bit of a fun thing rather than a real thing. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, yeah. But then get old, as they get older, then you give them, you, you read the, to them from the Bible. Yeah, that's great. And, and, and you also, know, yeah, get things like, um, uh, look at the articles and things that show the size of Noah's Ark, you know, because often they portray it as yeah. sort of an overgrown bathtub with a few giraffe snakes sticking out the top absolutely. sort of thing. Absolutely. It's a little bit like as you as you mature, it gets different because I've actually printed off a photograph or not like the, the pictures of the one over that um, has been built overseas by... In the United I'm States, sorry, yeah. Yes, yeah. and and I gave it to a fellow in one of the. Um, he's actually a sh- um, in the shop that I go to. I gave him the picture and some of the um, mod, um, cardboard model, and he was oh, he was like in his thirties. He was overjoyed. He just thought, "Oh yeah. wow, this is fantastic!" Yeah. You know, it's it's an opening. But anyway, um, getting back to the other business about the teenage children, um, I believe myself that. And this is what I've had to do. The parents need to get on their faces and repent. And I, I believe if there's been occult activity in the family, even in the in you know going back 
a number of you know generations, grandparents, great grandparents, whatever. Um, this comes down to the children, and they're bound. They, they, it is very, very difficult for them to relate to Father God. Juliana, an Im- important point you're bringing out, that it's not just an intellectual thing, and mm. uh, there are cultural issues, and as Christian believers, we know that there are spiritual issues at play. Don, uh, uh, your response when it comes to uh, these sorts of things that influence young lives? Absolutely. These things have been uh, are given all along, so the question arises why in the 1950s was nearly everybody connected with the church, whereas today so few people are, and what's changed? The occultic thing hasn't changed. Um, it may be more, but there was plenty of it in the past as well. But it is a factor for sure. Another big factor is um, uh, basically parents who are not living out their faith. Uh, and when you get, say, for, for example, a, a divorce can be a terribly traumatic thing for a Christian family, and the kids really blame God you know, for their parents splitting up and this sort of thing. Um, and, uh, you know, I remember once uh, speaking to church up in the Sunshine Coast and the lady came to me, oh, she's pouring out her heart. Her son was really rebellious, teenage, like 15, and re- all this sort of stuff. And, and I just had this sense that I said, and what about your life? How are you living? Are you married? What about your husband? Oh, I'm living with a man. I said, well, you're, 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 you're supposed to be a Christian and you're supposed to be raising his son as a Christian, and he's looking at you saying, you're a hypocrite. That's your problem. You've got to fix your life and repent of your sin and get right with God and and apologize to your son for the way you've been living. And so, you know, that's that's a huge factor too, you know. But um, So there's, there's not just one thing. There's all sorts of things that pinge upon kids growing up to have faith in God, faith in Jesus and walking the Christian life. Thank you so much to Juliana. So there is this uh, aspiration that we all need to have of righteous living that reflects what the Bible teaches about a right living because that, in, in a sense, affirms our faith in God. And that means our trust in what God says. So yeah. uh, so if we're not living right, uh, whatever we say about creation may not be believed because, That's hang right. on a second, uh, your life is a contradiction. Your life's a lie. That's right. So if your life's a lie, the kids are not going to listen to you and they're not going to respect what you believe and they'll be driven away. But that's, that's one element and that's, that's, that's very important. Okay, one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. If you'd like to join in our conversation, we are talking about a new DVD called Fallout, and uh, this DVD uh, you can get it in packs of ten from CMI. And the idea is that you get ten of these and hand them to people who are influential in in your local church. And as I say, uh, check with your pastor before you hand it out. Uh, you might have a question or two of your pastor if he says, no, you can't hand it out. Uh, CMI does have certainly a very high reputation and uh, most people, uh, pastors, would be very happy to uh, have CMI materials handed out. And uh, certainly if you're taking that uh, opportunity to check with the pastor beforehand. But I always say that's a, that's a wise thing because then it gets the endorsement of your pastor that you're putting these things uh, in the hands of people in your church. Uh, the response that, uh, that pastors tend to have to this, this is an interesting question to throw to you, Don Batten, because when we talk about churches and whether churches teach or even believe the creation account and not just being steamrolled by this whole evolutionary theory uh, might come down to how open your pastor is to having 
uh, creation materials distributed in your church. True, and uh, and that can be a problem. Uh, but I spoke at a church in Perth on Sunday morning, and I was just so blessed to be there. There was a 200 people, and the place was bursting. There was lots of young people, young families, and these people, they were humming. You know, they were... The, the the church was clearly reaching out and uh, bringing people to faith in Christ, and uh, and this church has had a creation apologetic, if you like, right from the you know for ten years or so. And uh, when the pastor first came there, he was very much on side with our ministry, and he started teaching about these things. And he had a couple of people who didn't like it, and they ended up leaving. So he said he had to have a thick skin. <laughs> and sometimes pastors are afraid to actually delve into this because they've got some academic in their church or somebody who uh, uh, would jump on them if they dare to step out of line and actually start uh, dealing with these issues. And so so there, there's problems around there, but there's some wonderful churches around, wonderful pastors who are really g- doing the right thing and teaching their people and equipping their people to actually stand against these uh, this, this doctrine of evolution. Do you know there's an atheist in the United States by the name of William Provine at Cornell University who said... Evolution is the greatest engine of atheism ever invented. And you can uh, appreciate why. Uh, Let me come back to uh, people who are in church, smart people in church. These days, uh, it's often the case that you've got, uh, in in fact, uh, the statistics would show that a very high percentage of Christian believers are actually uh, well-educated, highly academically educated, and it's often the case uh, that people who have some scientific background in church may actually be smarter than the pastor and as you say uh, the pastor needs to have a little bit of courage to be able to declare the word of God and uh, have faithfulness in the word of God and God's truth uh, even in spite of the fact that there may be people who are in church that might argue with him. That's true it it takes some courage uh, especially the larger the church the, the bigger the problem for the pastor there will be people who will not like him standing strongly on the word of God from the beginning. And, and I guess that indicates uh, one of the reasons why an organization like CMI, Creation Ministries, uh, you provide people who have PhDs in scientific fields uh, who at the invitation of a pastor will come and will speak to people and answer the questions that even those well-qualified academic very smart people in church will have that sometimes the pastor is inadequate to answer. Indeed so. In fact, I spoke at a church in Melbourne some years ago and the pastor was actually a, uh, a science graduate. He's, he's actually a scientist. And he said to me afterwards, he says, you know, I could do that. I could, I could do what you just did. Uh, but he said, I won't. I'll bring you in to do it. I said, uh, yeah, yeah, why? He said, because there are people in the church who don't like what you say, but if I said it, they'd take it out on me. But he said, because you've said it, I can then get alongside them and sort of counsel them about it and try and encourage them in these things. Whereas if I was this person giving the message, they'd have their guns pointing at me. And I suspect that's actually a smart way to operate. Smart. Uh, a smart way to smart. operate. Yeah. And, uh, and so a clever, a clever thing to do. We are taking calls 1-800-316-316. Let's hear from Graham in Tasmania. Hello, Graham. Hello. I'd like to talk on about the sufferings in this world. You know, uh, God said to Adam and Eve not to touch that fruit, and they did. Now, that fruit would be like eating all the toxic poisons and diseases in the world. That brought death and suffering upon the whole world. So all these sufferings are caused by that. Not only that, but Satan 
it opened the door to Satan to lead us from God and to uh, distract us. And the thing is that God lives forever. We do not. Now, we are busy doing our own thing. We hear God's calling, but we'd rather do our own thing than get eternal life. We don't reach out to God. We do need to reach Good points in there, Graham. It's like this fallen nature actually wants to resist God. Uh, Your thoughts, Don Batten, on what uh, Graham's sharing? Yeah, the the Bible tells us that death and suffering and disease came because of uh, the rebellion of the first people, Adam and Eve. Adam rebelled against God, and that brought about the... uh, the dislocation we see in today's world. But the New Testament tells us that we have all sinned and confirmed that because we all follow in his footsteps, so to speak, and it's a rebellious nature we have uh, which wants to actually walk away from God. And so, and in fact, the Bible's perspective is that God draws us to him. And uh, so when we, when we look at, we, we might see a door that says, whosoever will may come, and then we look, go through the door and say, oh, God drew me, you know. You see all the ways in which God was actually uh, drawing you to himself. And so uh, we talk about grace, God's grace, reaching out to us. Uh, we don't deserve God's forgiveness, but he offers it and draws us to himself. And so, yeah, that's that's the thing. And and so the Bible actually says that in the future there'll be no more death and suffering, no more disease, because there's going to be new heavens and new earth. And that's part of the work of Jesus Christ, to redeem us, bring us to God, but also to redeem the whole of creation. Thank you so much, Graham from Tasmania. Let's hear from Emmanuel in Perth in WA. Hello, Emmanuel. Welcome along to 2020. Hi, Neil. How are you? Very well. Thanks, Emmanuel. Good to hear from you. What are your thoughts? Yeah, thank you. Um, I work with uh, people with autism, and one thing that I've noticed is uh, families break up and because of uh, having a child with disability. It can be very stressful, yeah. Yeah, it makes me very sad because um, they need stability. And yeah, from what I see, it's usually the father that runs away, that can't cope with it. And it just makes me just makes me so sad that the father can't stand up. I mean, these are not Christians that I'm talking about, but the father uh, can't stand up. Yeah, will not stand up and will run away. Most of the time, it's the father. And, uh, yeah, I just pray that Jesus will uh, turn their lives around so that they will stand up and uh, look after their family in the time of trial. It can be terribly, terribly stressful having an autistic child, depending on the degree of uh, 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 handicap. And, uh, but, yeah... when we're Christians, uh, we can look to God, look to the Holy Spirit to give us the strength to carry on. And uh, and that's the thing, uh, that uh, Jesus can provide the energy, the strength to carry on when it seems impossible. And uh, and so, yeah, we need to reach out to those people and support them as well. You know, this is the thing about when people are not, in, not engaged in a church and no Christian uh, support, uh, you know, it can be very lonely. And so Christians, though, in our churches, we should be supporting one another and supporting the families which are str- who are struggling with these sorts of issues and helping one another. That's what should be happening and make the burden a bit lighter. Emmanuel from Perth, uh, thanks so much for your input there and uh, and certainly our, our prayers uh, for people who have 
children with disabilities and uh, reflecting on the importance of having that support that comes from your local church. Not every local church has the infrastructure, the personnel, uh, the people to be able to look after every area of disability. But what I've seen uh, over the years is that people who have a child with a disability uh, often find a real camaraderie uh, with others in church Mm. uh, where there are others who are dealing with the same challenges. And your life challenge and struggle, your assignment is compounded because uh, you have a child with a disability. And uh, to be able to make sense of that and to know where you are in the context of what God is doing, making sense of some of those sorts of things happens oftentimes in the camaraderie that comes with uh, the fellowship of others yeah. who are going through the same thing and to encourage one another. Yeah. A biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. This is 2020 on Vision Christian Radio. It's Neil with you. Don Batten is our guest, the CEO at Creation Ministries International. I've got this image in my mind, Don. When you leave us here today, you're back to the office to be poring over the DVD burner, running off some extra <laughs> copies of this DVD. Uh, because uh, now, as I understand it, you've already distributed uh, in the vicinity of 20,000 right. of these. Uh, they are popular. People are taking yeah. them up uh, on mass yep. and uh, for listeners today to get a hold of a 10 pack and some might be thinking you know what we won't stop at 10 uh, there's 200 people in our church we might get one for everybody yeah. uh, i mean you're you're hoping i guess uh, to double those numbers today oh uh, well yeah just so you can get on the website creation.com and go to the store and you can get uh, 10 for 15 dollars you know so uh, but just spread them around and by the way there's, there's not just there's also answers on there. So some of the questions that the young people put as to why they abandon their Christian thinking, um, there's actually answers to some of their questions given, just brief answers. So it's not just about the, the thing. Uh. It's always important to know that when you're talking about creation and evolution, that there are so many dimensions yeah. Uh, and we've been talking about a specific dimension today, and there hasn't been too many calls of people who have actually put to us the, the hard questions and, uh, you know, let's put Don Batten under pressure to, to get some of those answers. Uh, today hasn't been that sort of conversation, but today's conversation has really been about the importance that there is uh, for parents and for youth group leaders uh, to be aware of the special importance this particular question holds. Yeah. Uh, it is an issue of truth. It is an, inter- an issue of intellectualism. Uh, there's been a challenge there for churches that say, don't just put on the bright lights and the loud music because uh, it's the intellectual questions being answered that are going to have a huge impact on the faith of that young person and whether they stay in church. Yeah. Uh, so this DVD, it is only a short DVD. It's hard hitting. How do you describe the reaction that people have when they view this DVD? One of the reactions is people say it's not so clear, it's not so clear cut. But in fact, when Gary Bates and the team actually went out to the university campuses, now this is in Atlanta, they did this in the United States. This is the Bible Belt. This is like Australia in the 1950s, when it just about everybody is connected with church. So they didn't have any trouble finding heaps of students who had been brought up in the church. And then there were two groups the ones who were still involved, the ones that dropped out. Why? Oh, I learned about evolution. That's why I dropped out. But different ways of saying it, but you know. And then the other group on our, our church actually taught about this uh, creation, evolution, and evidence for creation when we're growing up. And oh, I don't have any problem with it. And so, uh, and the other group that dropped out, no, the churches have done nothing about it. 
And so, and this, the, we didn't edit it. We didn't actually have to say, you know, oh, we'll leave that one out. It doesn't tell the story, you know. That's just the way it came out. Everybody who was actually still involved at church, they had programs. Those who had dropped out uh, had nothing, no, no training, no, no teaching on this in their churches. And so, and then the questions that they raise, oh, well, you know, it was eight men that convinced me that evolution is true. And then there's a short segment actually dealing with that question on the DVD. So it's actually teaching as well. It's not just about these are their questions, but an answer to the question as well. There is real value in getting a hold of a DVD like this and getting it into the hands of your pastor, of your youth pastor, and as we've been saying, uh, put it in the hands of families. And when you can get uh, a hold of packs of these, uh, 10-pack for $15, so basically $1.50 each. It's yeah. worth the investment uh, to get this sort of material, which is hard-hitting and asks the right questions. And, uh, of course, there's going to be more required beyond uh, just setting the scene here. But, uh, of course, there are other resources available on the CMI website, creation.com. Uh, Dr. Don Batten, uh, always a pleasure getting your insights, and uh, I hope we get lots of opportunities this year to have you back as a guest, and uh, Thanks, we'll, tackle, we'll tackle some different dimensions and get into some of those, uh, those real meaty answers as well. But, uh, Don, thanks so much for being with it's us. It's a pleasure, Neil. Good to be with you. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.